0: This is the Blaze Radio On Demand.
1: Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. 888-332-8036.
0: The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now.
2: Stand clear. Life signs stable.
0: It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Ever thought what you would do if you won the lottery? You know, even just a million dollars. 50 million. 100 million. Half a billion dollars. Well, the Powerball tonight is 100 million. With uh, 66 million cash value, take the cash payout, walk away with maybe 50 million. What would you do with it? I remember thinking uh, how strange it was to hear someone say they wanted to buy a new car. If they won the lottery. Wow. Takes the lottery winner to buy a new car. Amazing. Even just a few million, right? You think I can get by. No problem. And then you get to a record 1,826 billionaires on the earth, worth 7.05 billion trillion dollars. Now according to Forbes, there's two hundred and ninety newcomers. Seventy one of them hail from China. And youth is on the rise, according to Forbes. Forty six under forty. Nice. Now it is it doesn't it isn't all good. There is some sad news on this list. The average net worth of the list members uh, is down. It's sad, uh it's down uh three point eight six billion dollars, yeah, very sad, very, very sad, I know, I know, of course, bill Gates, richest person on the planet, he's had some down years, he's only held the richest person on the planet for sixteen of the last twenty one years, and just think of this, his fortune grew. To $79.2 billion. (laughs) Amazing. Carlos Slim of Mexico comes in at number two. Warren Buffett, number three. Billion dollars, billions of dollars. Zuckerberg, leader in the youth revolution. The uh, youngest billionaire on the planet, Evan Spiegel, co-founder Snapchat. <laughs> oh my gosh! Silicon Valley, twenty-three new billionaires out of Silicon Valley, and of course, uh, you know there's plenty of uh, plenty of losers. Uh, not let alone the total. Aggregate amount of billionaire money is down. Uh, The biggest loser is uh, Elko Dengote of Nigeria. Nigeria? Yeah, I know it's sad for him. Uh, He had $25 billion last year. This year, (laughs) 14.7. I don't know how he's going to live. I don't know how he's going to live. Now, some of the newcomers, kind of surprising, really. Uh, this uh, Travis Kalanick, worth $5.3 billion. The Uber car service, billionaire already. Elizabeth Holmes, $4.5 billion. She's part of this uh, uh, Theranos, the blood testing. Amazing billionaires already. This Tatiani Casarage, $2.2 billion. Beer, the Saab Miller. Oh my gosh! Billionaire in beer, and uh, you know this is kind of you know I'm happy for these uh, for this pair, Dan and Bubba, Kathy. That's correct. Uh, Chick fil A, uh, three point two billion. God bless him. Uh, Kim Bum Sue. The bless you too. Excuse me, Kim Bum Sue. Almost three billion, two point nine billion. He's got the uh, mobile chat service. <laughs> Billionaires for these jobs, unbelievable. Douglas Leone, uh, this is just, this guy's an investor. Nobody cares about him. Just he's a venture capitalist. Pfft. Russ Weiner, the rock star energy energy drinks. Now there's something. There's another uh, the uh, another person on this list from the uh, energy drinks. Uh, amazing. I was just thinking uh, how much they've spread out in the uh, in the fast food industry and not not fast food in the uh, uh, gas stations those grocery stores convenience stores and I'm in line the other day getting a coffee and paying for my gas and I look and there's like three people behind me all with three or four of the energy drinks in their hand there's no wonder those guys are worth billions people are going out of their minds for these uh bill haslam new on the list 1.9 billion pilot flying j the truck stops <laughs> i know i know those things are huge all over the country and i also you know i know another person who has uh, some deals uh, who sells a lot sells pilot j a lot of their merchandise it's fascinating how that business works and that particular person owns some patents on the uh the air freshener sprays fortune. I don't think he's on the billionaire list yet, but he's made a fortune from it. And they sell Pilot J all their little knickknacks, and I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And this guy is creating wealth even below him. It's amazing. The Snapchat couple, it's great. Two guys, it's happy for them. Billionaires, Monster Energy on the list, one point five billion. Minecraft, Marcus Notch Person, Minecraft, 1.3 billion. He and I are going to have to have a chat. That guy, my my daughter is (laughs) so into this Minecraft, I'm going to have to take her into some kind of rehab, I think. The world she has created inside Minecraft is unbelievable. I'll give you that. I mean, underground tunnels, above ground animals. Cities, graveyards. My daughter kind of sad actually. She's even got graveyards. I don't, I don't know if my name was on one of those yet or not. But it's unbelievable what she's created. However, that having been said, it does take some time to create that. So, when there, you know, my daughter is like inside her Minecraft world. It's definite rehab to pull her away. Come on, we're going outside. It's like pulling. Now, once you're away, you're good. Once you're away, you're good. But Marcus, a person has created a, of the Minecraft world, 1.3 billion, good for him. And here's a guy, Jerry Reindorf. You think he was a billionaire already, right? He owns the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago White Sox, 1.3 billion. Jerry, what are you doing, bud? On these, I thought you were already a billionaire. Very, very, uh, very weird. And you got a newcomer of just a little over one point five billion. This guy's going to the top. Uh, Yoshiki Sankei. uh Robotics. He will be. Uh, that will go on and on. Although the picture of him, uh, he's got the big rose on his pinstripe suit. That's got to go. You're a billionaire now. Lose the rose. Robots don't can't smell the rose anyway. Uh, you know yet. And then, of course, another beer guy, Ken Grossman. Oh my gosh, Sierra Nevada beer. $1 billion beer guy. Two beer guys on the billionaire list. And one is a woman. So two beer persons on the billionaire list. And Reed Hastings from Netflix. Amazing billionaire. And there was a story about Netflix now that's coming out. Uh, thank you, uh, net neutrality. Uh, that Netflix was actually doing their own throttling to uh, kind of throw the whole thing off, kind of blaming it on the uh, ISPs and the cable companies when they were doing it themselves. And plus, with the new net neutrality rules, uh, Netflix is able to still throttle when they want because it's not the cable companies. It's the company itself. But hey, what do I know? Good work. Good work, FCC. Good work. Anyway, think about it. When... You win some money because that is some big money. Billionaires. Now, they could all lose it tomorrow and be on the street begging for money on the street corner, and you could throw them a buck for a coffee or a beer and move on with your life. But you all have hope springs eternal, right? For the lottery, you can't win if you don't play. Everybody thinks they've got their shot. Hopefully, they can win it. They've got their systems. And people win it. So what would you do with it? Do you want to think about it? A lot of people don't want to think about it. I talked to one person the other day. They don't want to think about it. "Ah, I don't play. I don't want to think about it. I just want to chug along with my life and not have it. Okay, well, no problem. Good for you. But I would like to think a little bit about what I would do with 500 million, 100 million, 50 million. 10 bucks.
0: This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393 if you'd like to participate. You can follow along on Twitter at JeffyMRA or Facebook, Jeffrey Fisher. Ah, man, oh man, oh man. Michael Pelka coming up right after this broadcast this morning with Puro Pelka. A little bit of Glenn Beck weekend coming up at right after that. Give you a little rewind of what happened on the radio broadcast this weekend. then uh, Chris Salcedo live, Mike Slater live, Joe Paggs live, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. No need to go anywhere else. You know better than that anyway. Right? I think you do. Yes. So, a couple things. I was reading about, first of all, this week, <laughs> I have a lot of stories about food. I know. Don't. Don't stay on your chair. Relax. I know it's a surprise, but uh, <laughs> everywhere I turned in the past week or so, it's been about food. It's been unbelievable to me. I watched a guy set the world record for eating bacon. I'll post the. I posted it on Twitter. It's amazing. Uh, he. Get this. Now you you think, okay, I could eat a lot of bacon. And I can. And I'm not a speed eater. I've told you that before. We've been through that before. I'm more of like the the long-distance runner eater, not the speed eater. The sprinters is this guy. Me, I'm like the Kenyan of eaters. I go for the long distances. Now, he ate 182 slices of bacon. Now you think to yourself, 182 slices. Maybe you could, maybe you couldn't, right? I don't know. Uh, These speed eaters amaze me, and I watch this video, and it's like, oof. Okay. Um, 182 slices of bacon in five minutes. Matt Stoney. You can write your own jokes with that. 182 slices of bacon in five minutes. It was at the Daytona 500. Uh, the He is ranked second in the competitive eating by Major League Eating, the sanctioning organization of the sport. So they had him on plates, and you can go to Smithfield Bacon. And uh, the king, Richard Betty gives him his prize. Uh, Richard's still milking some sponsorship money. I love it. But 182 slices of bacon in five minutes. And after the first, you know, three or four plates, you're starting to think, oh, that's enough bacon. That is enough bacon. And he just keeps piling it in. And then we heard about the uh, sin taxes, that uh, everybody is all uh, all happy about the uh, about the higher taxes on the... Alcohol, cigarettes, fast food, vending machine, cakes, candy, chips. But now they're all, they're realizing, oh, geez, you know, the unintended consequences. Oh my gosh. Um, The people who have less money, that's the kind of food a lot of them eat. So they're actually, we're giving them less money because they're spending more money on the syntax. Huh. Amazing. Amazing. Because. The people who want to eat healthy now have a label, orthorexia nervosa, designated to those who are concerned about eating healthy, orthorexia nervosa, fueled by the desire for clean, healthy foods. These di- those diagnosed with the condition are overly preoccupied with the nutritional makeup of what they eat. Now, you know you know people in your life that are suffering 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 from orthorexia nervosa. It's horrible. Horrible disease. Now, Hopefully someday we'll be able to have some sort of medicine that will cure this disease. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, a chocolate cake pill. Or something, right? Apparently, they uh, the individuals are taking it too far, though, really. I mean, it's a serious problem, horrible. Uh, to the point of self-harm, Really? Really? So, they're going to have to go see a psychiatrist and get some medication. So, it couldn't be that the pharmacological companies are doing anything with this. No. now this couldn't be just a new made-up disease, orthorexia nervosa. No. I won't hear of it. I won't hear of it. Eating healthy. You don't have a disease. You want to feel good. You want to look better. Right? That's why you need simple to lose. Yeah, that's right. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to be on simple to lose and lose weight and feel better about yourself and worry that you're going to come down with orthorexia nervosa. No, no. You need to worry that you're going to lose weight, feel better about yourself, find out that, oh, my gosh, I am going to find out some more about habits of health so I can continue to lose weight and feel better about myself. SimpleToLose.com. Simple the number two lose.com. Now you do know, we all know you know anything can be a diet. And you know, they say diets don't work, but some do. Diets do work. But then you end up gaining it right back again because you haven't changed your lifestyle. And that's where simple to lose comes in and is different because they give you that free health coach. You go to the website, simple lose. losecom Sign up for the free health coach and get started and be in it with someone who's already been down the road, already done, been there. You know, I started with Simple to Lose about three years ago. And in the first six months, I lost well over 100 pounds, 120 pounds. And I'm still, I don't like to call it a struggle. It's still just uh, uh, choices have consequences. It's still part of my life. I still want to get healthier. I still can't believe how fat I was. Um, While I've gained some weight back, uh, I am still (laughs) way thinner than I was. I look at the fat guy pictures and think, oh my gosh, who was that guy? Who was that guy? So it works. And then you get into Dr. Anderson's plan with Habits of Health, and it's there for you. Simple to lose, Dot com. Simple, the number two, lose.com. Sign up for the free health coach, get started today, and start losing weight. And once you start losing weight, you start feeling better about yourself, and then you can start getting on your road to being healthy. But first, let's lose some weight. Simple, the number two, lose.com. Simple, the lose.com.
0: The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. This is The Jeff Fisher Show.
3: Welcome to it on the blaze radio network having been on a jury that uh convicted a man uh, who ended up going to prison uh I you know, have a little knowledge of what it's like to be on a jury and uh, a little bit of uh you know what you go through uh, what you try to uh, tell yourself but uh nothing nothing like the Chris Kyle case for sure and uh that case uh, is now over. And joining us now is a lady that was on the jury, Freda Arney. So you were, on the, you were on the jury for the uh, uh, Chris Kyle, Chad Littlefield, uh, Eddie Ray Roth trial. And uh, when you were chosen, uh, what went through your mind at that time?
2: Well, I knew that it was going to be a real difficult uh, trial. I knew it was going to be a responsibility that I had never experienced before. And I was also really shocked because I was the oldest person on the jury by several years.
3: Right. Right. Um, how much did you know going in? You said you were, it was going to be a difficult trial, and uh, you knew it was going to be a big, big trial. How much did you know about the what the trial was going to be going in?
2: Well, of course, living here in Stephenville, I knew about the murders when they – I mean, we heard it uh-huh. on you know, TV, radio. It was, there was a lot of press about it. Right. And then he was housed – Eddie Ray was housed here in our county jail – and every once in a while, they would bring him to court for some, time, some type of hearing. And every time that happened, of course, there was a lot of publicity and, you know, movie or uh, TV cameras here, et cetera. But the main thing that I knew about it was that how it displaced the merchants downtown because they would have to bring him in, you know, downtown to our courthouse and there's a lot of businesses around, so they lost, or they didn't lose any customers, but they lost business because, sure. of it, because there was no traffic down there, allowed down there.
3: <laughs> right. Right, you know, so, so that um,
2: yeah. has and a little a little effect trial, on business. Right. During the trial uh, <clears throat> around the, well, on the Main Street, you know, around the courthouse, the merchants had to wear armbands and every day, as they would go to work, the police would check them, check their driver's license, and give them a different colored armband before they could even go to work so well, and uh, my the beauty shop that I go to is on the square, and my beauty operator said that several of her customers had said they just didn't want the hassle of trying to find a place to park, so they just right. canceled their appointments, which means lost revenue
3: right. Which uh, could mean that, uh, uh, you know, they uh, the town was happy that the trial was over as fast as it was?
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've been told that if we had had different judges or a different judge with a different mindset, that this thing could have drug on for four to six weeks. And our judge, Judge Cashin, told us going in that he he was hoping to wrap wrap this thing up in two weeks, and it was uh, nine days. Yeah,
3: that's amazing. You know, I and, and obviously nothing uh, like this, but I do remember being uh, chosen and being on a jury for a case where we sent uh, the person uh, to prison, uh, and I too I went through the whole trial. Uh, forcing myself, look, he's not guilty, prove it to me. He's not guilty, prove Uh it to me. He's not guilty, prove it to me. Did that same thing happen for you as well during the trial?
2: No, because Eddie Ray had confessed. So our charge was, to the defense, was prove to us that he is insane. Gotcha. Well, I mean, the same thing you right we we were the opposite of what you're saying the 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 prosecution had their case laid out you know line by line they they were on top of everything, so the defense was was climbing the uphill battle to to do the uh, not guilty by reason of insanity right and with the
3: psychosis and the paranoia the schizophrenia the the whole right. works which obviously um didn't work
2: <laughs> that's right it did not <clears throat> you know and an, another thing you know they tried to say PTSD and his psychiatrist Dr. Dunn out of Terrell State Hospital said you have to have trauma before you can have PTSD and he didn't have trauma he he was never in battle he was never um, you know he didn't he was an armorer he, he fixed their guns. He didn't right. engage in battle. So uh, how, he, right.
3: Yeah. I understand. How much uh, when you saw some of the uh, footage that uh, they showed, we learned so much uh, that we didn't know as the trial was going on about how they were shot and and some of the you know underlying uh, scenes that you didn't really know about in your head during the trial. I mean, is that ever going to go away? Uh,
2: probably not.
3: Yeah, it's pretty
2: bad. Probably not. But one of the things that just keeps going through my mind is, you know, the, the little fields. Uh, Chad was 37 the day that his, would have been 37 the day his mom testified. And then uh, Chris Kyle's widow testified But Eddie Ray has a family also, and they testified. So, as I've said all along, there were three families that lost. There were no winners in this case. Even though we came back with a guilty verdict, there's still three families that are destroyed.
3: It's very sad. And you, uh, when you were given the case uh, to go back into the and and, uh, uh, deliberate. It took you less than three hours, so uh, everyone was kind of on the same page. It was unanimous. Is that correct?
2: It was unanimous, and the only reason why it took us three hours was because we had to have a smoke break, and that took (laughs) a while. Then the, the county took care of us, the law enforcement, all that. They had had brought in food, and we yeah. had to eat, and we had to do it as a group. We were really ready, I think, some of us were ready to vote after we saw the uh, state witness that came in and showed us how, how they perceived that Mr. Littlefield had been shot in the top of the head, and that was the last witness Prior to the summations, and you know, our, that that sealed it for several of us, and so we probably could have come back within an hour, and um, it would have been a well, same mean, thing. So it, just, I mean, it was.
3: Got to be able to catch a smoke before you come back with a guilty verdict.
2: <laughs> well, and see when you're when you go into deliberation, if someone has a smoke fix or has to have a smoke break, all 14 have to go out. The, even the alternates have to go out with you. You can't uh, go out two people. It has to be all 14. Oh, that's
3: fantastic. I, right. didn't, I didn't realize that. So you all went out and had a smoke break?
2: Well, some of us tried to stay away. You know, I'm <laughs> a smoker. so And I said, please limit this to one so we can get back in, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, it's so, when you go into to deliberation, it's different because they don't want any improprieties and anything right. to come back that might jeopardize what, what has gone on before.
3: Which is great. I mean, really, that's the way it's supposed to be. I, I, I mean, that's fantastic that it happened. Now, aside from him being guilty and you saying that, you know, it was really three families that were, you know, affected and there's no question about that, what... Uh, was the biggest takeaway from the trial for
2: you the biggest takeaway is the fact that we have the judicial system that we have and that we as as american citizens uh have the obligation to to serve on a jury as well as the obligation to go and vote and it, it's a privilege that, uh, that all of us should be aware of. And uh, when you get that jury summons, take it seriously.
3: Fred Arne, thank you very much. I appreciate you being joining us on the program today. Have a great day.
2: Thank you. You're
0: listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it.
3: It is that. Thanks again to Fred Arney, a jury member from the Chris, Krile, Chris Kyle trial. Uh, in related news, uh, American Sniper uh, looking to uh, be the top-grossing 2014 released domestic, already uh, well over $300 million. Good news for that. And in related story, uh, Chris Kyle's widow... Uh, is uh, not conceding after the 1.8 million defamation verdict in favor of Jesse Ventura, who is uh, uh, just an agonizing human being, but uh, representing the widow. Uh, the judge was mistaken in awarding the 1.8 million defamation verdict. No kidding, I think the world knows that, uh, and if Jesse had any any bit of human in him when he said it wasn't about the money. When he won the case, he should have just given the money back to the foundation and said it wasn't ever about the money. And people would have endeared themselves to him. He would have just been, oh, that's nice of Jesse. He just wanted to make a point. Instead, it was all about the money, wasn't it, Jesse? Yeah. So... The jury uh, awarded him 500000 for damages and $1.3 million for unjust enrichment. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, they, uh, arguing that Ventura didn't prove the account was either material falsity or actual malice. And as a result, he didn't meet the legal threshold for the defamation claim. The judge erred in giving the instructions to the jury properly instructed jury would not have rendered a verdict in Ventura's favor. So, we're still going on about, that case is still going on and Ty's not giving in. Good for her. Fifty Shades. As long as we're talking about movies. Fifty Shades, 500 million globally. Yep, it sucked really bad, didn't it? It was horrible. It was bad. I can't believe they made such a crappy movie. But, it's going to be the studio's most successful R-rated movie of all time. Fifty Shades of Grey, over $500 million. CBS, remember we we may have talked a little bit about this uh, on the big shoe. But uh, CBS, uh, Leslie Moonves says, uh, look, uh, can't do without CBS. People... People can't do without CBS. Okay, I mean we want smaller bundles and we think it's a it's a great thing, but we're CBS and uh, people can't do without CBS. I uh, okay. If you say so, I mean I like a lot of your shows. I, was like, I DVR a number of the shows on your network, but I think I could do without you. I do. I think I could do. Uh, sad news. Right, we lost uh, lost Leonard Nimoy this past week. Uh, Harrison Ford almost lost in an airplane airplane crash, although, you know, they're being uh, heralded as what a great pilot for the dead stick landing. So, you know, he hasn't kicked it yet. Still flying around. And if you want to, uh, uh, let's do some Hollywood. Add in our Hollywood segment. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is inviting you to the world premiere of Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron. All you have to do is enter and you could go and just hang out with RDJ and just be part of it. That would be fun to be there, but now you realize you're not going to just hang out with them, right? It's going to be Robert. This is Jeff Fisher. He won the chance to watch the movie with you. Uh, your online deal that you had with Verizon and all the other parts. Oh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Want me to sign something for you? Okay, great. Uh, We're going to be watching the movie. I'm going to be sitting over there, and you're sitting right there in the same building as I am, but not over there. My seats are a little bit better, but yours are right over there. You're going to be sitting with me. Thank you. And, And I'll shake your hand after when it's all over. You can tell me how great I was, okay? All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, real news. Do we want to get to real news? Real news just, I don't know, just brings me down. Talk about Ferguson. We can talk about that. We can talk about the agonizing, agonizing. They've already had a couple of police officers resign over an email scandal, right? But they're calling racist emails. We got Obama still yakking about how bad police departments are around the country. Michael Brown's family is going to civil sue the police department. Louis Farrakhan is calling for armed resistance. Yeah, you still want to talk about real news? Now, not really. We're going to talk about different
0: different smells coming up. Oh yeah, this is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now.
2: Stand clear. Life
0: signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I knew
3: it. I knew I was right. I knew I was right. I'm being proven correct. For years, I have said that we give off, you know, smells and emotions. They never, okay. Let's we'll back up just a little bit. All right. You remember the old saying like uh when you don't have a girlfriend and then you can't get a girlfriend, right? Guys always say that. Man, I'm in a I'm in a can't get a girlfriend, I can't get a date, nobody likes me. And then as soon as you get a date and you go out with a girl, all these other girls want want to go out with you. And it's like, right? We've all talked about it, you've all heard about it, many of us have lived it. You know why? Because other women realize, oh my gosh, they smell other women and they say, another woman wants that man. So now they want that man. It's just a theory of mine that I've been working on for a number of years. I haven't worked out all the, you know, little little fine points, but I'm telling you, that's been my theory for years. Okay. And you think about it, you think to yourself, yeah, that, that makes sense. You're darn right it does. Then I get this story. A handshake can be used to interpret a lot about a person. But there might even be more of an exchange than you realize. Next time you shake someone's hand, see if they reach up and touch their face at some point shortly afterward. Scientists from the Wiseman Institute of Science in Israel found that some people are unconsciously sniffing subtle chemicals from the other person's hand. Aha! The experiment uh, published in the uh, journal eLife, and who doesn't subscribe to journal eLife, I involved 280 people who were greeted with or without a handshake. Hidden cameras filmed them to see how many people would touch their face. Video footage observed that people in general kept their hand at or near their nose 22% of the time. After a handshake with a person of the same gender, though, the study touched their face even more often. Taking it a step further, the researchers also outfitted participants with nasal catheters. Who doesn't want to be outfitted with those? To see if the post-handshake face touching was, in fact, to actually take a whiff. It was. After handshakes within, within gender, subjects increased sniffing of their own right shaking hand by more than 100%. In contrast, after handshakes across gender, subjects increased sniffing of their own left non-shaking hand by more than 100 percent. Tainting participants with unnoticed odors significantly altered the effects, thus verifying the olfactory nature. It's well known that we emit odors that influence the behavior and perception of others. Yes, thank you. I believe it says on page, uh, I'm not sure what page in the eLife does it uh, give me credit for my theory that's been up for years. Uh, It's well known that we emit odors that influence the behavior and perception of others, but unlike the other mammals, we don't sample those odors from each other overtly. That's correct, which is what I'm saying. It's just there. They smell it. Instead our experiments reveal handshakes as a discreet way to actively search for social chemo signals. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Smells. Smells. Now I just want to go on record saying now I'm gonna I've been kind of thinking about this since I read this story a week or so ago. And I'm thinking to myself, really, do I shake someone's hand and then smell? I don't think I do. I think I, I do. I really don't, doesn't. I don't think I do. I'm not big on handshakes anyway. But okay, you know that's how we greet. I get it. I know. Uh, I used to work with. <laughs> There's many people in my life who believe handshakes should be just outlawed altogether. Uh. One person in particular in Tampa, Florida, Jack Harris, big fan of outlawing handshakes. And there's a guy that handshakes a million people a day. Maybe that's why he thinks they should be outlawed. Uh, we, you know, When we're out in crowds uh, as part of the Glenn Beck um, entourage, we shake all kinds of people's hands. I get it. It's all part of a greeting. It's okay. I understand it. That doesn't mean I have to, th- you know, in the end, I'd like to just be able to say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? But I know that you want to shake my hand and then smell your nose. I got it. It's okay. You could do that. I got it. Uh, Ralph Lauren Sport Number Four uh, is uh, usually the the smell that I omit. Well, that and if I happen to be at the Australia's Temple of Weird. The Controversial Museum funded by the eccentric millionaire featuring a poo machine. Hobart, Australia, standing outside the Hobart Museum of Old and New. Uh, it's called Hobart's Museum of Old and New Art, or MONA. First thing that hits you, the smell of manure. Yeah. Yeah. Visiting Mona is like peering through the looking glass. Deep down in the museum's cavernous underbelly, inside that mirrored box building, sits Wim Delavoye's machine, otherwise known as the crap machine. The Belgian artist's vast array of whirring tubes and bags mimic the workings of the human digestive system. The apparatus is fed food and produces poo. Makes you want to go there, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. Dedicated to sex and death. Pieces include Stephen Shannon Brooks' On the Road to Heaven, the Highway to Hell. Features the entrails of an 18-year-old suicide bomber cast in dark chocolate. Also home to 151 porcelain Volvos sculpted from real women. Mona. Let's put Tasmania on the map. Hobart, Australia. 2013 lonely planet named Hobart. A windswept gateway to the Antarctic with a population of 214,000. It's one of the top ten destinations worldwide to go see Mona and the Pooh Machine. Huh? Huh? And who says that my theory on smells isn't right? Yeah.
0: This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This
3: is The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka and his program, Pure Opelka, coming up after this broadcast. Not sure what Mike's giving away today. Uh, You know, you might want to tune in. It's probably something special. Like, uh, I don't know, an autographed hand cream bottle or something with this picture on it so you got that to look forward to and then uh, Chris Salzado at noon Mike Slater Joe Pag's all live on the Blaze Radio Network no reason to go anywhere else than right here you know that the Blaze Radio Network weekends weekdays whatever oh and don't forget oh my gosh Uh, time change weekend Um, set your clocks ahead. Uh, You can't do it before 2 a.m. this morning, uh, which is, you know, 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Uh, You can't do that. Uh, But the 2 a.m. Sunday the 8th, uh, set your clock ahead an hour. So it's daylight saving time, agonizing, worst part time of the year. But we must follow, right? Yes. Let's live on that. Ugh, agonizing. And plus we have uh, we also have um, I'll give you just a quick update on uh The uh, Walking Dead shows tremendous got like 3 or 4 episodes left of this season. Uh you can listen to the recaps of the show uh Monday late afternoon uh on on my uh uh podcast page for the show uh Talking Walking Dead. Uh I do it with uh, my man Aaron Hernandez who is uh, one of the producers of this broadcast. And if you want to participate, you can call 888-900-3393, Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 888-900-3393. If you want to talk a little Walking Dead with us on the podcast, Talking Walking Dead. If not, just download it, just like you download the different segments. (laughs) Yeah. TheBlaze.com slash radio, Jeff Fisher Show. Download them. Take them with you. I know. I know. You don't want to listen live. Those of you listening now on the podcast, I got it. Okay? You're a downloader. I know. It's okay. It's okay. Before we get on to uh, more food segments on this broadcast, I want to go back to a little bit on the smells because this proves my my theory, again, uh, that people know. People know that it's important to smell right, even when you're an 82-year-old lady and don't have any money. And you try to steal that $7.39 bottle of sexist fantasy body spray? Yeah. You know that you need to smell like that, even at 82. She was caught putting it in her purse. She pulled it out. She gave it back. The fireworks fragrance of sexist fantasies provides a burst of sensuality as a plump, wild strawberries, succulent peaches, and voluptuous vanilla come together. The ingredients create a fragrance as addictive and seductive as the woman who wears it. So, proof, again, on my theory that smells matter. my new my new heading smells matter speaking of smells we talked uh the last time we met on uh, hippopotamuses right and how uh how i was reading about american hippopotamus and how i was reading about the man that wanted to bring hippos here and breed them as uh we do cattle now because there was you know a beef shortage and you know he was his plan was to bring them over and let them uh you know uh lake cows they were called lake cows it was going to be lake cow bacon and uh uh, we were gonna eat hippos instead of instead of cattle, right? Instead of beef. Now I look at this story about eleven what eleven zoo animals taste like. And it makes me think, hmm, how many of these have I eaten? So I look, you ever eaten an elephant? Elephant feet, part of a complete breakfast. While exploring uh, Mozambique in 1864, Scottish missionary David Livingstone was served this petal delicacy, cooked in the native fashion, finding it delicious. He wrote, it is a whitish mass, slightly gelatinous, and sweet like marrow. Best of all, the meal came with a healthy side of beer. Maybe it was the beer that tasted good rather than the elephant feet. I did know uh, a man once that had <laughs> elephant feet stools, but I never ate them, so I'm not real sure what that's like. I know. Don't look at me like that. The guy was a. It was a hunter, and he used the 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 four feet as stools. You know, they're about I don't know two or three feet high with leather over the top. <laughs> In each corner of the room, I just I just thought of that. Oh, my gosh. He was this doctor. What was his name? Oh, my gosh. And he had this big game hunting room. And in the hallway, as you walked into his home, the game hunting room was off the left. But in that hallway was the beginning. And in each corner was elephant feet stools. Anyway, elephant, whitish mash, slightly gelatinous, and sweet like marrow. Ever eat a giraffe? Me either. I can't say I've ever eaten a giraffe, knowingly. Uh, Properly prepared and cooked rare, a giraffe's meat steak could be better than steak or venison. The meat has a natural sweetness and may not be to everybody's taste, but certainly it was to the chef's taste, and it needed to be grilled over an open fire. The uh, Galapagos tortoise. Wow. Uh, Charles Darwin uh, did not like them. Uh, The young tortoise made excellent soup, but otherwise the meat, to my taste, was indifferent. Didn't like the turtle. How about a lion? (laughs) When you think of a lion, do you think about eating a lion? I mean, I guess if you're where lions are and you're hungry, you're thinking about eating a lion. You can quote me on that. Uh, this restaurant, actually in Tampa Bay, began selling uh, these $35 entrees last year, and this, you know, now it's removed it from the menu. Uh, surprisingly tasty, said one customer. Tastes kind of like venison. Texture kind of like gator. Gator I've had. Python. I'm not big on snakes. They're still making, uh, in this, uh, the big Florida Burmese python invasion. Pizza place in Fort Myers, Florida. Evans Neighborhood Pizza offers what he calls Everglades Pizza, topped with slivers of 20-foot snakes. You know what? I just think I might want pepperoni. But, Jeff, we can put a little little snake on there. Yeah. No, I'm good. Double cheese and pepperoni is fine. A Camel. I've never had camel although the camel that hated me in Israel I could think about eating him cuz he t- he didn't me and I didn't like each other much didn't like each other much Cross between beef and lamb camel steaks are becoming an increasingly popular alternative co- to conventional red meat in much of Europe and even parts of the US really Even parts of the US camel meat Okay all right, if you say so. Gorillas, we're not going to eat gorillas. Although we get we find out that uh, they're find where they're finding places in the big cities where gorilla is is being sold because it's called bush meat, and that's what bush meat is—is is the gorilla, right? And it's causing some some problems. Uh, they didn't really like it too much. Uh, sloth, ugh, ugh, sloth meat isn't for the weak stomached said Aaron Paul Lowe. was one of the few absolutely disgusting animals we ate. Ooh, sloth. No, thank you. No, thank you. Also on the list was uh, a panda bear. Archaeological evidence suggests that prehistoric humans once hunted giant pandas with spears. Since then, obviously it's fallen at no record. Now, there's no record of what they taste like. In 1928, we know that Teddy Roosevelt's sons, Kermit and Theodore, hunted and ate one while visiting China, but they didn't document what it tasted like. That might not be a good sign, right? You got a peacock. I mean, I've had a pheasant. I don't know that I would eat a peacock. Uh, It's got a turkey flavor. Uh, But... (laughs) Back to smells again. However, certain medieval critics are to be believed. Stocking up on some gas X first might be necessary as when you eat peacock. Well, did, okay. Well, I don't think that, that those times had gas X, but apparently, they creates a lot of gas, which was the problem. And it talks about hippopotamus. Uh, how uh, how well hippo tastes. Uh, Tastes mild, less than lamb, more than beef, slightly marbled. So it was uh, tasted really, really good. And what was worse on the list? The worst animal to eat on the list? Penguin. Yes. If it's possible to imagine a piece of beef, odorous codfish, and a canvas-backed duck roasted together in a pot with blood and cod liver oil for sauce, the illustration would be complete. Yum. Penguin.
0: This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show.
3: Oh no, 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 no. Don't tell me that. So before I've got a couple of uh couple of tech stories to get to you today on the on the big program, but very sad news. Uh split up season why most Americans divorce in March, Oh no. March. We're we're in March already and <sighs> Busy time for divorce attorneys. Most people get divorced in March. Did you know that? Oh no. Very sad. Most people, they don't want to get divorced around Christmas and the holidays. And then after the after Christmas, you get into the new year and you start thinking, man, I got to lose this guy or I got to lose this girl. And you start thinking, well, you know, February is coming around. It's Valentine's Day. I don't want to be that much of a hard person. So, you know, we'll, I'll get my free stuff for Valentine's Day. And then, uh, yeah, I want a divorce. So March is... Uh, most Americans get divorced in March. Very sad. So if you're if you think your uh, marriage is on the on the rocks, you may be right. Don't quarantine Ebola workers exposed to Ebola, says government. It's not necessary. I'm not going to read any more of that story. I'm just letting you know that according to the government. Don't quarantine Ebola workers exposed to Ebola. It's not necessary. That's where we're at. Yeah, that's where we're at. Fantastic, isn't it? Yes, it is. So we've got some great tech stuff coming out. Um, There's all kinds of stuff to look forward to. I really am. There's some really cool stuff to look forward to. However, coffee cups made out of cookies. Is that a technology thing? I don't know. Now, the one cool thing is, now, we all talked about the Jetsons, right? That we remember the Jetsons cartoon and how they just uh, zapped food, right? Well, they've got the new food coming out now, this 3D-printed food. and They were all happy and hot and heavy over the 3D-printed food. And it actually is kind of cool if they can make it a little bit better than what they're made it because what they're showing me doesn't look that good. And I would like my 3D-printed food to at least look good. It may not have to taste good, but smells and looks matter. I've added something to the list now, haven't I? It's not just smells matter. It now looks. You know, things have to kind of look good, too. But the 3D-printed shapes containing a mixture of seeds, spores, and yeast will start to grow after a few days. So they zap it and create a little cookie shell circle thing. And you let it sit, and it grows edible growth, edible growth, and it's printing these living organisms and it just doesn't look the spores and the it's like a nutritious, tasty snack, no it's got little mushrooms growing out of it, and stuff. Ooh. I mean, I guess if you're hungry and you you need food, and trust me, they'll be wanting me to eat these nasty things. Why would you? I mean, can't we, like, I don't know, 3D print? Uh, you know what we need to do is get into business with Hershey and let Hershey figure out how they're going to 3D print a Hershey bar. Why can't we put cocoa crumbs in with their little... Seeds that they're putting here—they're little spores. Let's grow some. Let's grow some. But we're on the way. 3D printed food—we are on the way. Definitely on the way. This is this is you know the beginning of. You know what sounds good? A roast beef sandwich. Zzz. How about hot? Zzz, zzz. Push the button. Out it comes. That's what you want. That's what's coming. I personally can't wait. I'm ready for push the button and out it comes. You're, you're not? Why not? Now you have uh, the mind-controlled drones and you've got the 3D-printed engines and guns and everything else. But what is going to be really big? Did you do your homework that I asked you to do? I know we weren't here last week. We had some you know weather issues here in the... Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So, you know, I'm sorry, I apologize, but I gave you some extra time to watch Surrogate. Did you do your homework and watch it? Good. Then you know that's where we're headed, right? Virtual reality. Now, virtual reality in surrogate meant that you got your own little drone. And you went out into the world, and you just stayed home. You stayed inside. And your drone went out into the world and dealt with things. So you just stayed in a room with a mask on. Yeah. I know. You think, no way that could ever happen. Want to bet? Now, there were obviously people, of course, the show, you know, I mean, it's a movie and it was, you know, there were plenty of people who were against it and wanted to live life as human, human, and the surrogates is not the real thing to do, it's the end of the world, but it's coming. And, of course, they've got, I mean, um, all the big computer science people are after the virtual reality, and... They've got the headsets. They've got looking at the Android systems. Most of the systems are different now. Uh, you know, you're going to have you're going to have all of them fighting over the headsets and who's going to be in charge of it. Uh, they're all looking for patents. Uh, it's going to be who's going to control the virtual reality software. Now, there's new software that uh, where you see when you go into virtual reality, put the headset on. And you are in the world right and your your everything is taking place in the world now to come back and for me to get a drink in real life, I have to take the headset off well now what they're doing is they're putting gloves on or at least sensors on your hands, and so you can bring your hands into the virtual reality up inside your face and the new the hot version is where you would wipe your hand in front of your face. Whoosh, And you'd be back to real life. So you'd be seeing real life. So you could grab your drink or do whatever you need to do, answer the door, and leave your silly mask on or go to the bathroom or do whatever you need to do and then wipe it back and you're back into virtual reality, whatever you're doing, whatever game, whatever thing you're doing in in VR. Now, what they're also working on is that instead of wiping, you would just, when you brought your hand up, you could wipe. And you'd still be inside the game, but you'd be able to your hands would be able to go and grab things in real life. So you'd be able to see the game and real life. So now we're getting to the point where you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Right? You're gonna you're gonna reach the point where it's all gonna be one. So you're gonna need that surrogate, right? So the streets are gonna be safe, and you're out in the world, and it's the robots that are out in the world for you. And for your safety, you should stay at home and just wear a mask. You can go about your job, do your job, and you can have upgrades, different sensations. If you you know, have a whatever job you have, you can have better senses inside your robot to do your job better. But you, as a human being, you just stay home. And you get to look, your robot gets to look like you want, right? And look kind of like you or not. It could be, you could look like a completely different person, right? You could be the person you always wanted to be as a robot. But in real life, you're still just the slug at home. Watch surrogate. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it, because I believe it's coming soon, if we're not already there. And then I see this ad for EarthCam, and it reminds me, make no mistake, you're going nowhere without being seen. Because EarthCam, this is their ad, is the global leader in delivering webcam content. And remember when they were founded, it was all, well, we're just time-lapse construction areas. And they have time-lapse construction areas. But they host all kinds of tourism cams, uh, Times Square, World Trade Center, Vegas Strip, Bourbon Street. They've got contracts for all of these. Now, you take the Earth Cam, and if you can actually find a facial recognition software that will work, which they're doing, but it can't. they can't find one that works fast enough. Like they put one in a while ago in Tampa Bay, but they can't find it to work fast enough on top of all the systems aren't involved with each other. So if I'm – and which they're working on making happen so that when I put something in my system in uh, uh, the middle of Nebraska, it also uploads to a national database instead of just, uh, you know, uh, Broken Bow Nebraska. So when that happens, and then you're going to be able to, you know, it's going to have to be fast enough. But they do have, right, on Facebook, right, you can put a, take a, put a picture on Facebook and slide your arrow over the face. And if the face is in there, it says, you know, uh, Bill Doots and Wiggle. And you say, oh, yeah, that's Bill. And so if you take a crowd of people, if you look at some of the new, the new plant programs that they have, you take a crowd of people. And I was looking at one the other day. I forget what event it was. It was like a pro pro something gathering. And there were thousands of people in the street. Now, the picture itself is taken from the top of a building, and it shows the street, which is full of people. But you can zero in and go right in and see the faces of each person that's standing in the street it's amazing. So, if you use that technology along with the Facebook technology of Bill Durfensweigel, you slide your arrow over that face and there it is. Bill Durfensweigel. Oh, there he was. He was at that uh, particular uh, rally. Huh. Wonder if that rally had anything to do with anti-government stuff because if it did, Bill Durfensweigel, uh, we need to have a little word with him.
0: This is the Jeff Fisher show on the blaze radio network. The Jeff Fisher show is on.
3: Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Michael Pelka, Puro Pelka, coming up right after this broadcast. He's got guests, gifts, shows on fire. He's ready for you. He's already, you can follow Stunt Brain on Twitter. Puro Pelka coming right up after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, I was thinking, I you know, I... I told Jeff Allen, I saw Jeff Allen in the building not long ago, and I was talking to him about, you know, hey, I wrote you a joke, or at least I wrote a joke, and I was thinking maybe he could use it. Yeah, I don't think he thought it was funny. And then I see a story, a great story, uh, about this Michelle Alexis Newman ongoing series, The Open Mic. And she has portraits of these comics with an original handwritten joke, and she likes, you know, it shows to the viewers and stuff. And I thought it was pretty cool. It shows a picture of the, the comedian. And then they write it. They have the written, handwritten joke underneath the picture, which I thought, you know, that's kind of a good idea, and it was kind of cool. And you get to see some some really cool, you know, funny jokes, like Beth Stilling with her picture. I went to IKEA this week and bought a family. It's already falling apart. Come on, that's a cute little joke, right? Kind of funny, kind of cute. No. I remember being 12 years old and hearing my dad screaming and cursing outside the backyard after he chopped off his right toe with the lawnmower. He was especially frustrated because he realized he had cut it off good and not with the one with the yellow fungus. My sisters and I spent two hours looking for his dismembered toe amongst a walkway of rocks and medium-sized pebbles. We were crying, not because of our dad's pain, because we were terrified we would find the toe. It's a little long way to get there for that joke, Devin. I'm just telling you. So anyway, so I write him a joke. And I'm thinking I I should be on this. I should be on the plan. I write jokes all the time. We have it's time for to have a bad joke Saturday again soon. We might have to bring that back to the Jeff Fisher program on the Blaze Radio Network is Bad Joke Saturday. Now my joke, of course, would not be part of the Bad Joke Saturday. So I was thinking that here's a joke. I don't know if Jeff Allen. I told him he could use it. So, you know, if he says it's his joke now, it's okay. It's his. But so I was thinking that my love life It's kind of like a drone. Looks good coming out of the box, goes up and down a couple times, and then crashes. Huh? Thank you. Thank you. What do you think? I know. I know. Funny. I get it. But, you know, I write jokes all the time. So I want to be part of the comedian. I want to be part of the thing. I just want to be part of the thing. Why why can't I be part of the thing? Hey, and remember, uh, advice from Twitter this week, uh, never take your medications more often or in higher doses than prescribed or directed by your friend. Advice from Twitter this week. Enjoy your week. (laughs) Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. And has anyone, seriously, has anyone told you yet you look great today? No? Well, you do. You look fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, you're not—you're not planning on wearing that all day, though, are you? Eww. No, 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 no. It looks good on you. That's for sure. Looks real good on you. I'm
0: out. Peace. This is The Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.